Hey guys, this is H-Town Wheelhouse with another podcast on Astros Baseball. Today we're going to talk about not just the topic of the day, the cheating scandal, but also possibilities of the offseason and maybe how Force Whitley did during the fall league. Thanks for tuning in. This is H-Town Wheelhouse. You can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter. You can find me at Stroh's411 on Facebook and Stroh's411 on Instagram. So stay tuned. We'll talk about some interesting topics. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Let's go ahead and get into the topics right away. Houston Astros are embroiled in a scandal that could possibly have major implications on the coming season. We all know the various videos and um, banter that's been going on. If you follow social media, follow Twitter, um, guys like John Boy um, from New York, uh, several other Yankee outlets, um, also many uh, regular Yankee bloggers, Astros bloggers, um, are pretty much going at it uh, tooth and nail. Um, the fangs and the claws have come out. Uh, the Astros have pretty much been made to be the sole purveyor of cheating in baseball, which is a completely false narrative. We've kind of become the villains of the major leagues, winning 100 games three straight years. Um, a lot of, I feel like, disgruntled fans and other fan bases thinking that you know we don't deserve to be here. But not to get lost in the weeds and all the detail, the bottom line is this. The Houston Astros, along with several other teams, more than likely had cameras set up in center field. And if any of the teams were stealing signs electronically, then it's illegal and it's wrong. Um, If they're recording the game and recording things during the game, but they're not using that information until later, um, I don't know that that's actually illegal according to the rules written in Major League Baseball. Is it a good look? It's not a good look. Um, But you hate to see it because someone like A.J. Hinch has has three 100-win seasons in a row. And all these allegations stem and really connect to mainly the 2017 season. Although there was some suspected cheating going on in 2018 and then this year in 2019. I can only imagine if the Astros would have won or would have won all their games at home that they played that there might be a bigger outcry even now to bring the Astros down because they would have said they won two titles in three years because of cheating and so on and so forth. And so it's just one of those things where you have to look at the whole picture. On the outside, it looks really bad. It looks bad because it it makes it appear that the players are complicit, uh, the coaching staff and the front office all are kind of working together. But you wonder how much of it was real time and how often it was used. Because the Astros in 2017 had a worse home record than they did road record. They were better on the road than they were at home record-wise. Um, now their 2017 postseason home stats are outstanding. Does that have to do with whistling or banging of trash cans or whatever? Um, I don't know. 
I think the it's more realistic to think about having someone out in the bullpen. You know, other teams are doing the same thing. Um, that when you have a bullpen catcher watching the signs and he signals here or there, um, if he has an earpiece, then that's not a good thing. If he's out there doing that on his own, that's perfectly legal. He's on the field of play. He's not doing anything. Um, you could have a guy on second base, and if the catcher sets up inside, you could lean to the right to signal to the batter where the catcher is. You could lean to the left if he's on the outside to a right-handed batter. You could do all kinds of things. You could say, if I see a changeup coming, I'm going to pat my helmet with my left hand. I mean, that kind of stuff is, it goes on all the time. And from what I understand and what other people I hear are saying, um, if you listen to the um, Locked On Astros podcast, which is excellent, Eric Heisman runs that, um, he was, um, he had mentioned um, actually today or his most recent podcast um, that the Astros, it's believed, were doing what other clubs were doing to gain a competitive advantage. Which brings me back to the memories of the steroid era. Like Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds had no business using steroids. He already had multiple MVPs. He was the player of the generation. But he did it because he knew everybody else was doing it. And he wanted to chase the home run record. And I believe Barry Bonds' ego got the best of him. And that is what really led to his demise was his own arrogance. Barry Bonds, before he touched a single steroid, has a Hall of Fame resume, and I believe should be in the Hall of Fame. But he'll be forever maligned because of his attitude and his ego. So will this Astros team be forever remembered as a team that attained their first title as a club by cheating? Or will they somehow be absolved and maybe over time this goes away? I think there's not a lot of people that talk about the steroid era anymore. But it has been a long time. And it may take a long time. But I can tell you this, from a Houston Astros fan perspective, it doesn't make 2017 any less special. That year was brutal for the city of Houston and we needed that title and you know what we won a championship and I remember the excitement of my son and our children my family so no matter what happens that's never going to be taken away from us we're going to know who the champs were in 2017 so I want to stop it there talking about that and we'll move on Um, some interesting stuff I found out about Forrest Whitley and his possible um, coming up and being a part of the 2019 or the 2020 Houston Astros. This is H.J. Wheelhouse. We'll do a quick commercial and I'll be back. Hey guys, thanks for getting back with me. This is H.J. Wheelhouse again. Let's talk about Forrest Whitley. Forrest Whitley had a rough season. He had shoulder issues on top of that to begin the year. In between the last two seasons, he had a PED suspension, which was Adderall he took that was unprescribed. 
And the story was that he did it to stay awake on an all-nighters air traveling. Whatever happened, happened. Regardless, last year was supposed to be the year that it came up mid-season or in September to help the club win a World Series. As we all know, he started faltering and his ERA skyrocketed in the minor leagues and found out he was having issues with his mechanics. He had a shoulder injury, went on the I.L. and basically didn't really have a great full season in the minors. But instead of going to the September call-up, instead of being a part of the club, he went to the Fall League. And in the Arizona Fall League, he was 3-2. and two. He had 32 strikeouts in, I believe, 20, 23 innings of work. Um, did a phenomenal, no, 28 innings of work, 32 strikeouts. Phenomenal job overall. They said he's looking dominant like he was the last couple of years. And they think that he will vie for a spot on the Major League Club. Now, he may not start on opening day with the Houston Astros, but I see him as a realistic June call-up, and they could possibly use him as a fifth starter. If they're talking about limiting Justin Verlander's innings, I'm hearing rumors that they will not extend Verlander as long in games as they have in the past because they want him to be more rested in the playoffs. So if a Forrest Whitley can come up with a healthy Lance McCullers, um, we don't know if Arquiti's going to be on the staff, but right now it's definitely JV, um, I almost said Cole, Grinky. We don't know about Cole. That's a, a 80-20 that he's not going to be here. I used to be more 50-50. But we've got those two, and then we got Lance McCullers coming back. Hopefully he can give us five quality innings when he starts each time. <clears throat> Jose Arquiti. Um, and then they've got others that can fill in that fifth spot possibly. But hopefully Forrest Whitley can come in and eat up some innings. Uh, maybe they bring them in. Maybe they do. Maybe they run bullpens with them. Um, just give them a short leash and just add on the innings, tack on the innings. But Forrest Whitley's back to his dominating performances, his high ve- higher velocity. Um, he's getting the strikeouts. He gives a few home runs, but power pitchers are going to give up home runs. Um, but if you limit, limit the damage to s- solo shots, look at Justin Verlander. He gave up more home runs than Garrett Cole, and he won MVP. So, And he gave up, I think, some of the most home runs in his career. If it wasn't the most, it was second most. But Forrest Whitley is a guy to look for um, this next year. Um, look for Abreu to make a splash. You know, Colin Perez, I'm not, I'm not sold on him. I don't know how he'll do. Um, we don't know what Brad Peacock's going to do this next year. Um, hopefully they'll sign Will Harris. There, there are a lot of question marks with the Astros pitching staff, but mainly I'm concerned about Forrest Whitley. I really want him to get on track. I would really like to see him with the club in 2020, more than likely June, July, even a September call-up. So that's what I think about Forrest Whitley. He's coming along. He did great in the Arizona Fall League for the Havali- for the Peoria, Peoria um, Havalinas. And so, therefore, 
um, that is a good, good thing for the Astros. All right, up next, we're going to talk about who the Astros might be signing in free agency. All right, let's talk about free agency. Right now, the Astros are probably a long shot to re-sign Garrett Cole. I saw this with, I believe, ESPN put out a little article online, and they said the only realistic way that the Astros sign Garrett Cole is if they trade Grinky away, because Grinky is actually thirty-plus million dollar tax uh, liability. So they may only be giving him twenty-four, but on the books he's like a thirty-one or thirty-two million. Um, hit on their cap and so the luxury tax so you have a few brackets you have 208 million 230 then I think the max is like 260 they don't tax you after that but the only way the Astros stay around 208 in the second tier is they have to move Grinky and they have to move Josh Reddick Josh Reddick is a hard move because they owe him about 13 million and it's hard to believe that a, another club would take that on. Um, the Astros would have to eat seven or eight of that. Um, and what you would get in return for him probably wouldn't be worth it. But that would clear 35 million off their, 35 to 45 million off their books. Um, so Cole seems to be a long shot. I was, I've been one of the most optimistic people when it comes to signing Cole, but I just don't think it's gonna happen. Zach Wheeler, I think, is a target that they're a guy they're looking to target. And some people are saying if Zach Wheeler can come to Houston, he could be a Garrett Cole 2.0. Now, he's not Garrett Cole. He's not going to um, be a generational-type talent like Garrett Cole is. But they turned Charlie Morton into a Cy Young candidate. They turned Garrett Cole into a Cy Young candidate. They turned Dallas Keuchel into a Cy Young pitcher. Um, they revitalized Justin Verlander's career. So who's to say that they can't do the same for someone like Zach Wheeler? I think the other pitchers on the market, I don't know that they'll come here. I don't know that Madison Bumgarner would. He might be too much. Um, again, Cole is probably going to command too high of a price. And some of the others, there are a lot of one- or two-year options, but no one that I think the Astros are willing to um, invest in because there may be one or two year contracts but I'm hearing the Astros may be into signing one or two year contracts with the pitcher someone they can get at a bargain price I just hope it's not too much of a project and it's someone that can truly help them Um, but Zach Wheeler is the name that comes up in just about every circle he's one of the most sought after guys Stroudsburg will come here he wants too much money so Strasburg and Cole, their big hurdles to even come into Houston are the known salary that they're going to be getting on a yearly basis. Then they also, um, the Astros need to consider what it is they're looking at when it, when it comes to overall payroll. Because if you sign, even if you sign Cole and you move some other parts, um, you're given JV33, Cole between 35 and 40. And that's nearly $70 million wrapped up. 
in two players. Cole will be looking for a seven-year deal. I think the Astros at the most would give someone a four-year deal. So, yeah, the more I talk about it myself, the more depressed I get, thinking that Garrett Cole will not be in an Astros uniform. They're not going to go after Rondon. I don't see them going after position players. I think they're mainly going to go after relief pitchers, try to get a left-handed starter or a front-line right-handed starter to add to the rotation, and then they will be they will be done. I don't think they have a lot of holes. They don't really they don't need an outfielder. Um, they need to sign George Springer. They need to sign him to a long-term contract this offseason. Um, a lot of people are talking about Carlos Correa and trading him and all that stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. You don't trade Carlos Correa. You're paying him $9 million for the next two seasons each. Get him for $18 million. And if he's only got to play 150 games or no, 110 games because he's hurt for 30 or 40 games a year, then you know what? Keep him on the books. $9 million, that's a bargain. You've got him for two more seasons. Why not keep him here? Why not? I mean, why would you trade him? I think the risk of trading him far outweighs the risk of keeping him. Because you keep him and you can keep him healthy three quarters of the season and in the playoffs, he helps you in a major way at a bargain price. No matter what anybody says, his glove is something that you will miss. But his bat, when he's healthy, is unbelievable as well. Y'all remember he was hitting 19, 20, 21 home runs before he got injured the first time. And I promise you, he won't be having any masseuses cracking his ribs this next time around. I believe he's learned from that. It's just so hard to imagine Carlos Correa not on this team, but he's the one guy that everybody's talked about is going to be the one out of the core four that leave. Springer, Altuve, and Bregman will stay. Correa will end up going. So I say all this stuff to say this, that the Astros have some decisions to make in the offseason. They need to re-sign Will Smith. They need to um, get another starter, I believe. They need to decide what they're going to do with Peacock, what kind of role he's going to play, um, and others. So you've got a lot of options. You've got a lot of people that are in the wings waiting, Colin McKee, J.B. Buskakis. Um, I don't know if Tyler Ivey is still with the Astros or not, but there are some other guys in the minors that nobody talks about that could do a phenomenal job and will be a part of this future club. So the Houston Astros, I think, are still on top. They're the odds-on favorite in Vegas to win. And I think they will take this off-season stuff, use it as a motivation. And what they need to do is they just need to go out there and win the World Series and just win it and just crush the competition. Um, and let everybody know, we didn't do it with a single camera. We didn't do it with a single whistle. We didn't do it with a single trash can, whatever. Um, and just go out there and kick everybody's butt. Because we've been doing it for three seasons, and it's not going to stop because of this. All right, this is H-Town Wheelhouse. I'm out. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a good night. Thank you.